Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Today is episode 38, how to not be crazy and stressed trying to do it all. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Fall is beautiful here. Yesterday, we sat out on our front porch. We have six little baby kittens, and they're discovering how to run in the grass, and they'll follow you around and chase you, and we just kind of basked in the sunshine, and it's really cold in the morning and in the evening, but the afternoon, it's nice and warm and sunny this week. It's really a beautiful time of year. So I have in bold, in highlighted in red at the top of my script today to remember to thank everyone who has left a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and to remind everyone to go there and leave a review. I always forget to do it. I just like to dive right into the material. So thank you for those that have left a review and I appreciate it. It does mean a lot to me. It's really nice and it also helps other people to find the podcast. Today's episode has really been on my mind this week, and then I opened Facebook the other day and saw a post. So I've just signed a contract with a publishing company and the other authors along with me that are working towards publication. There's a nice community and a Facebook group, and I saw someone post, and I don't know her because I'm pretty new to the group, and she she sent out really a call for help. And her Facebook post said basically, hello, beautiful people. I hardly ever share like this, but I need help. I joined this group a year ago and I really feel the calling in my life to write this book. But what I find myself in is trying to do everything perfect. I work full time. I'm a mother of three. My youngest is three. My husband is working a project and he's away from home Monday to Friday. I'm running the house alone. I feel overwhelmed and I cannot wrap my brain around getting this book finished. And she said, I have my chapter outline done, but I'm just lost at the moment and I'm not sure how to proceed. And then she said this, and I I think this is really powerful in regards to this episode. She wrote, the more I think about the deadline, the more frozen I feel I can feel my insides contracting as I type this post. I can really relate, and I'm sure a lot of you can really relate to what she's thinking and feeling and going through and the amount of stress. When I read her post, three kids, she has a three-year-old, and working full-time, and husband gone Monday to Friday, playing single mom, all of that, and trying to write a book in the meantime, woo! I'm feeling this stress along with her. I think because these feelings of stress and overwhelm are so universal and so relatable that it's a very good topic for our episode today. So today we are talking about how to not be crazy and stressed trying to do it all. It was interesting to read the comments back to her on Facebook. People were saying, don't worry about writing the book right now or hire a nanny or get a housekeeper or quit your job. You know, all of these specific things that she should do. And the bottom line is that none of us, no one outside of her can know what is right for her and what she should do. 
So this podcast episode is not a life organization episode. It's not about time management. It's not about delegating or hiring other people or putting passion projects on hold. It is nothing like that. This episode is all about stress and how to not feel stressed and to understand that it's entirely possible to have a lot on your plate in life and to not feel stressed about it. The problem is that so often we believe that we have so much to do and it's so important and I have to do it all now and it's going to take more time than I have so I'm going to be crazy busy and stressed all day and probably have to stay up all night long. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can absolutely have an amazing life and be engaged in purposeful work and move forward through accomplishments and success steps and never feel stressed. If you think that can't possibly be true, that I'm exaggerating, this is going to be an excellent episode for you. I'm so glad you're here. Let's talk about why we feel stress. All emotions and feelings come from thoughts. Every single one. It is not possible to have a feeling, to have an emotion, that wasn't triggered, that wasn't created by a thought in your head. Now, that thought in your head doesn't necessarily have to be your own thought. Other people can put thoughts in your head. Dark spirits can put thoughts in your head. TV, media, billboards can put thoughts in your head. But no one can put a feeling or an emotion in your body. That is a result of the thoughts that you choose to keep and choose to interact with. Sometimes this can be frustrating because we can't always control what thoughts pop up in our minds, but we can control what thoughts we allow to stay and how we interact with those thoughts and let them progress or replace them. So the bottom line is the emotions we feel always derive from thoughts in our head. I'm not saying this to chastise or to belittle anyone for experiencing stress. Stress is a common human emotion. I feel stressed at times, not too often these days, but I used to live in a chronic state of stress and it's not fun. Stress is a real killjoy. It kind of sucks all the good out of life and makes you not a very pleasurable person to be around, not to mention that it can make you very, very sick. Let's look at some of the thoughts that lead to us feeling stressed. The first one, and I'm starting with this one because it's probably the most prevalent. I don't have enough time. This is that crunch of the deadline. Calendar days are turning, the clock is ticking, and I am running out of time. This is such a common thought. I think we've all been here probably several times already today. So when a thought like this pops into my head, and it usually just doesn't pop in one time, it usually repeats itself like a broken record over and over and over again, and I get myself into a little thought rut. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I've found it useful to ask questions to challenge that thought. Is this thought true? And is this a useful thought? I should mention that I made this discovery 
about challenging thoughts when I was searching for healing from postpartum depression and the autoimmune diseases I'd been diagnosed with. And that's when I got the big aha that the root of so many of my so-called problems and stress and sickness stemmed from my automatic, chronic, toxic thoughts. Most everything that I talk about on this podcast comes down to what's going on in our head. So at that time, I learned the tools of how to question my thoughts. If there is one thing you get out of this podcast or of any of these podcasts, if you learn how to question your thoughts, that skill alone will launch your life in powerful ways. So let's do it. Let's question this thought. I don't have enough time. And this repetitive thought might formulate itself into different arrangement of words. It might appear as I'm so busy. I can't do it all. I have too much to do. Thus, I don't have enough time. The words might change, but the root meaning is the same. I don't have enough time. So let's challenge that. Is that a true thought? Is it true that I don't have enough time? Here, instead of going into a huge existential discussion about what truth is, let's skip ahead to the understanding that when it comes to your life, you get to create your truth. It's a gift, and it's quite a snazzy little gift called free agency. It means that I get to decide what is true for me. So I ask, is it true that I don't have enough time? I can choose to say, yes, it's true that I don't have enough time. And my brain will be extremely skilled at finding evidence to support why I don't have enough time. Or I can choose to say, it's not true. I have plenty of time and I can feed my brain and put my subconscious to work finding evidence for why I have so much time. Time is an unlimited commodity. I can use up all my time today and I'll have more tomorrow. I can use up tomorrow's time and I'll have more the next day. It's amazing. For so long, self-help people have pushed this idea, this thought that time is precious, limited. You got to take action and get it done today because there are no guarantees about tomorrow. And it's true. You could die at any moment. But still, I'm not sure that it's a useful thought to believe that time is so precious, that it's so limited. For me, I believe that death is not the end of me. And so even after I die, I will have more time. I will go on living and I will have more time to learn, progress, experience, and that I am eternal which means I will never run out of time. So when my brain throws up this idea that I don't have enough time, which it likes to do often, I challenge it and I argue for all the reasons why I have an abundance of time. And it really helps me to keep perspective that things aren't so critical and that not everything has to be done right now in this moment. I can't think of a scenario, I've never found one myself, where the thought, I don't have enough time, is a useful thought. It doesn't serve me well. We might 
think that treating time as a limited commodity would actually help us to not procrastinate, but I've actually found that it causes me to procrastinate more because as my friend said earlier in her Facebook post, the panic of running out of time makes my insides constrict. It freezes me up. It drains my ability to take action. There is a universal law that any task will expand to fill the amount of time you have allotted for it. So if we are telling ourselves that we don't have enough time, well, how much is not enough? Not enough is not a measurable quantity. So basically we're telling our subconscious that that particular task or any task in our life will never be done because we don't have enough time. We are essentially handcuffing our brain, and that's an interesting image, handcuffs on the brain. We are essentially handcuffing our brain and preventing it from using its amazing problem-solving ability because we have told it there's not enough time, and so it's not free to go to work problem-solving. What can be more powerful when that sneaky little thought of I don't have enough time appears is to replace it with a better thought, a more useful thought, a thought that's more truthful for you, such as I have plenty of time or I have exactly enough time. I have an abundance of time. One I go to probably the most often is I have exactly enough time to accomplish all the things that I want to do and that are really important to me. Another tool could be to go to a very specific thought. I have exactly 30 minutes. I have exactly one hour. Then your brain might try to counter with 30 minutes isn't enough or an hour isn't enough. And you can just as easily counter back 30 minutes is oodles of time. An hour, an hour is plenty of time. Our brains have the ability to solve for whatever situation we encounter. People, we are smarter than we think. Our thoughts get in the way of our true intelligent ability to solve for any situation we encounter. I experienced this just now, 15 minutes ago. I was typing out this episode and I looked up at the clock and that clock triggered my brain to start throwing out the thoughts. Oh my goodness, the kids are going to be home from school in two hours. You don't have enough time to get this finished and recorded. And you know what happens when a thought starts, it snowballs and it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger as long as it isn't challenged. And so my brain starts going to, you have to get this podcast done today. You can't do it tomorrow because you're going to be chaperoning the school field trip to the aquarium. And then the weekend is so noisy. And then all of a sudden, my brain is telling me that I don't have enough time. So therefore, this podcast is not going to be finished. So therefore, all of these other problems with the weekend, blah, 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 blah. And what happens is I freeze up and I have no words to type anymore. I'm stuck, blocked. So because I've been practicing doing this for a while now, I stopped my brain and I said, I have plenty of time. Two hours is plenty of time to finish and record a podcast. I've got this. 
I've also learned that sometimes it's really hard for my subconscious to believe that and I have to do things to show my subconscious, to prove to my subconscious that it's true. So I said, I have time to eat lunch. I need to eat lunch. Eating lunch would be a good thing. So I got up from my chair, left the computer and started fixing lunch. And while I'm getting out the chips to make my nachos, the thoughts began flowing again and I know exactly where to go to next on the podcast episode. So because the thoughts were flowing, I went back to the computer and that's here I am recording this and I haven't eaten lunch yet and that's okay because I'll have time to eat lunch and my podcast will be finished. And best of all, I don't feel stressed. I'm excited for my kids to come home from school. I'm excited. I'll be finished. I'll have time to be with them and I don't have the feeling of stress. And what would have happened if I hadn't challenged that thought that I don't have enough time, that two hours wasn't enough, if I hadn't nipped it in the bud and replaced it with other thoughts? Well, I can tell you exactly what would have happened because I've lived it so many times in my life. I would have gotten so stressed and I would have gone into panic mode and I would have sat at the computer and tried to force myself to get through the podcast. And I would have just been stuck there while time rolled on until the two hours passed and the kids did come home from school and I wouldn't have eaten lunch and yet the podcast still wouldn't have been finished and then I'd be trying all night long to get it finished and I'd be a chronic mess of stress but still not have a finished podcast. Feeling stressed about not having enough time does not help us to have more time. Stress is a time eater, a time waster. It drains our energy. It drains our problem-solving ability. And when we feel ourselves getting stressed, pushing up against a deadline, the most powerful thing that we can do before trying to solve the problem and trying to get the thing done is to get ourselves unstressed. And the way we get unstressed is to go right back to the root, right back to our thoughts and to change our thoughts. Okay, number two, a second common thought that can really trigger feelings of stress is not good enough. This manifests as I'm not good enough or this isn't going to be good enough or it's not going to turn out good enough. This podcast isn't going to be good enough. This is where perfectionism comes to roost. This is really closely related to feeling like we don't have enough time because usually we are afraid that we don't have enough time to make something good enough. We fear our imperfections and our weaknesses. And so often we allow our subconscious to make it be about time. When in truth, it's really about our fear of not being good enough. Maybe I'm afraid that in two hours, the podcast that I produce won't be good enough. And so then I'll actually start thinking about, well, I don't have enough time because I need more than two hours to make this podcast bigger, fluffier, better, nicer wording, more interesting metaphors, whatever it might be. So thoughts of not being good enough can actually trigger thoughts of not having enough time. So here are some thoughts that help with the fear of not being good enough. It is good enough for now. Or it is as good as it needs to be. So when my brain starts going crazy about this isn't going to be good enough, I have to stop and say, it is good enough for now. I have given myself two hours to do this podcast. And for those two hours, I'm going to show up 
and do the best work that I can, that I have the ability to do in those two hours and whatever comes out will be good enough. Will it be perfect? Nope, because there is no such thing as perfection in stuff like this. Will it have mistakes? You bet. Will it be finished? Yes, for now. I also let my brain play with the thought that it's good enough for now. I can always come back and change it later. That's a thought that serves me okay for now. It's probably not the best one, but it's enough to get me through times when my brain is really feeling stuck in perfectionism. Other powerful thoughts I go back to are, I am enough. I am willing to show up imperfectly. This has taken me a lot of thought work to be able to show up for life in the best way that I can at that moment. Because what it means for me is that in a lot of areas in my life, I don't show up 100%. I show up 60% or 70%. This is especially true with housework or dinners. I don't have the energy to go full 100% in every area. Now, maybe that's a limiting thought and maybe I'll be able to work on that and maybe one day I'll be able to think myself into having so much energy. But for right now, I choose, I pick and choose where to invest 100% and the majority of other places just have to be good enough. Number three, a third stress-inducing thought is the results are so important. This is a big source of stress, worrying about the results. We get caught up in the outcome. We set the stakes too high. For me, this manifests a lot in writing. I'll get stuck and my brain starts firing off. Ugh, this is so awful. No one is going to want to read this mess. You're going to embarrass yourself. It will never get published. It will never be done. No one will buy it, blah, 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 blah. And my efforts in that present moment get thwarted by worrying about things out of my control that are way down the road. And I have to counterattack this thought by lowering the stakes. I just have to say, so what? What if it is bad? So what? What if this is just messy, terrible writing? So what? Will anyone die? Will the world end? Will zombies attack American Fork? No. And somehow that unfreezes my block and allows me to move forward. The truth is really there are few things in life that are so terrible. We are so resilient. I know we want to think that it will be the end of the world if our kid flunks math or if we lose all our money or if we get cancer. I mean, those sound terrible, but really, we're stronger than we know. We really can face anything that comes our way and we can stay awake all night worrying about what could possibly happen. I have found the most powerfully useful and truthful thought for me is just do what I can do and leave the results up to God. I focus on my efforts and let the cards fall how they will. It isn't useful for me to expend energy stressing about outcomes that are largely outside of my control, but I do have all kinds of power right here, right now. 
So when I get feeling stressed about things that are result-oriented or outcome-oriented, I try to come up with thoughts that lower the stakes and bring my thoughts and my efforts back here in the present. I can move forward in this moment. In this moment, all I need to do is show up, sit in the chair, and type out the words that come to mind. That's all I need to do. That's all I need to do for now. I don't need to worry about what the result is going to be. This is probably why my favorite all-time quotation is, it is our efforts, not our achievements, that perfect us. I'll say it again, it's so good. It is our efforts, not our achievements, that perfect us. So I hope that some of these thoughts are helpful to you, that they can be something you can grab onto quickly to counteract those automatic negative thoughts that your brain throws up. Does it make sense how just because a thought pops into your mind does not mean that it is true and does not mean it's a statement that you are obligated to live by? And just because a thought comes into your head doesn't mean that it's a useful thought that you want or should keep. And here's the fascinating thing about stress. Stress isn't real. Stress is not a real entity that exists in the world. It's not something that comes with a situation. Say you give birth and you deliver a baby. The doctor hands you the baby. There might be days with that baby that you feel stressed, but the baby didn't come with the stress. The doctor didn't hand you a box of stress. The baby is real. The stress is not. Or say you got a new job. When you feel stress with that job, it's not because the employment contract included stress. The boss didn't say, here's your desk, here's the employee bathroom, here's your benefit packet, and here's your mandatory package of stress. Or when you opened your bank account, you signed up for monthly statements, and those monthly statements arrive with the mathematics of your account, but not with stress. Those numbers are just numbers, whether they are in red or in black. They're just numbers. They don't mean anything. Situations in the world do not come with stress. Stress does not exist in the world, which sounds crazy because there is a lot of stress in the world, but stress is not a real entity. Stress doesn't have substance, presence. It isn't alive. It isn't tangible in the external world. But, and this is a big but and I cannot lie, the results of stress are very real. Illness is real, disease, accidents, arguments, chewed fingernails, ulcers, habits, addictions. A lot of real things come as a result of stress. Isn't it interesting that something that doesn't exist, something that isn't real, can manifest in real ways? How does that happen? Because when it comes to stress as humans, we make something out of nothing. I'm going to say that again. When it comes to stress as humans, we make something out of nothing. Stress can only exist as an emotion inside of me. 
and all emotions are optional. Nobody outside of me, nothing outside of me can dictate how I feel. There is no mandatory, this situation is this level of difficulty, so you're going to have to feel this level of stress about it. It doesn't happen. It isn't real. The boss, the bank account, the annoying telemarketer, the difficult child or spouse or sibling or in-law or parent, they have no power to make you stressed. All stress, 100% of stress comes from the thoughts I choose to keep. I hope this helps. I wish you good luck this week in recognizing and challenging the thoughts that trigger stress and replacing them with better, more useful, and more truthful thoughts so you can enjoy a less stressful, more joyful life. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen to this podcast, and leave me a review. Take care, friends. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.